Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pursuing Greatness Podcast, a place where experts share their wisdom on living well by mastering your health, your wealth, your relationships, and your spirit. Before we get started, I want to remind everyone the best way to support the show is simply to share this episode with your friends and family. Also, if you want to learn more about Mastering Life, go to our website at pursuinggreatnesspodcast.com. With that said, I hope you enjoy the episode. We have a very special guest with us today, so grab your pen and paper and enjoy the journey. All right, and we are live. Today we have with us John Kovaleski. John is a type 2 diabetic, certified nutrition specialist, and nutrition and fitness coach. John comes to us with a great personal story on his uh, his health journey and fitness journey, so I'm really excited to get into this one. John, thank you very much for showing up on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. I am super excited to be on the show. Right on. To get everybody started, why don't you tell us you know, who you are, what you do, and how you started, got started down that path in the first place. All right. Well, I mean, you guys already know my name. Um, <laughs> I started, the, the journey actually started back in 2007. Um, I was just a normal guy. I worked every day. I was a mechanic working in an automotive shop. And um, I was working on a car and then I wasn't. I was just kind of passed out underneath the vehicle. Um, oh, my boss came and found me. Uh, ambulance took me to the hospital. And about eight hours later, I woke up from being in a diabetic coma. Oh, um, at that point in time, I had no idea that I was diabetic. I weighed 405 pounds. And when they brought me into the emergency room, uh, my blood sugar was over 500. So it should have killed me. Wow. So what, uh, just jumping in, what is a normal blood sugar? Um, normal blood sugar for people that are non-diabetic should be in the 80 to 120 range. And that is um, usually within two hours of after eating. Obviously, once you eat something, your blood sugar is going to spike. But the difference between diabetics and non-diabetics is the fact that diabetics either can't process the insulin due to um, insulin resistance or they don't make enough insulin. So, okay. yeah. So typically, wow, you were 500. You, a hours, yeah. A couple hours after you've eaten a meal, you should be back under 120 if you're not diabetic. Um, and yeah, I was up over, I think the exact number was like 513. So, and they say anything over 300 will put you in a coma and can kill you. Jeez. So, um, yeah. So it's like I wake up after being in this coma for seven or eight hours and my wife and kids are there and they're crying and all upset. And I got a doctor looking at me saying, um, buddy, at the very least you're type two diabetic if you're not type one and you're extremely obese. And if you don't change things, you're going to be dead within a year. And that, that was, that was the wake up call that I needed. I was like, okay, you don't have to tell me twice. Playtime's over. It's time to go to work. <laughs> Um, and it's kind of funny because that mantra, playtime's over, it's time to go to work, has been kind of like my motto that has carried me through this entire journey. And I still use that today in all my content as a trainer and a nutritionist. So, but it was a, it was a long journey. Um, you know, within the first year, I lost about 100 pounds. And that was wow. simply from stopping all the gluttony. And cutting out soda. I used to drink Mountain Dew by the gallon every oh, day. Man. I mean, it was nothing for me to drink a gallon and a half to two gallons of Mountain Dew a day. Jeez. I can only imagine the caffeine in that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> never, drank, never, never drank water at all. Um, a typical lunch for me was a large pizza, a couple of Big Macs, an order of fries, and a large vanilla milkshake. That was typically what I ate every day for lunch. 
Wow. So that's crazy. Yeah. So, so you went, you know, you had this lifestyle. Um, you said this was in what, what year did this happen? 2007 was when everything came to a screeching halt there. 2000. So pre 2007, you kind of had, um, it sounds like you were, you were living a good life, but you just didn't have the, the, the lifestyle. You didn't have the habits, um, that were, you know, oriented towards health. You kind of, it sounds like you were, you were eating too much. Um, did you get physical fitness during that period or was it? Um, well I was, see, here's the thing at 405 pounds, I still got around. Okay. I had, you know, I'm the father of five, so it was nothing for me to get out there and play around with my kids. Yeah. Um, I had an active social life. I didn't, I, I didn't think there was anything really wrong yeah. other than the yeah. fact that you know, I was you a big look, guy. You look like a, a, a bigger guy in the sense that your frame is bigger. So I'm sure, you know, at that, at, at that point, 405 pounds, you know, maybe that the number is big, but in, in the sense that, you know, how you were living, how you felt. Um, it didn't seem like you were obese and it didn't seem like you were, you know, at the point where you could die from, from your life, life choices. Yep. I had no clue. And I should have been smarter because my mother died from complications of diabetes. Um, diabetes in and of itself runs rampant throughout both sides of my family. So I should have been smarter, but I was one of those people. It's like, eh, I'm going to eat what I want to eat. I'm going to do what I want to do. And when it's my time, it's my time. Well, you know, those are pretty bold words until you actually get slapped upside the head with that cold <laughs> fish that is, hey, you're about, you, you know, you're, you're about to go ahead and meet your maker. Um, it, it'll wake you up really fast. That is a, that's a crazy story. So, you know, it happened in 2007. Now take us to, you know, walk us through the transition. You know, you had this, you woke up um, from the coma in the hospital. You're like, shit, it is playtime's over. It's time to get to work. I like that phrase. Um, from that point on, what were like, what were the changes that you made? How did you get yourself to the, the fitness, the health that you are today? Well, um, like I said, the, the first year I lost um, the bulk of the weight, I lost 100 pounds um, from cutting out soda. And, you know, just I still was eating crap. I just wasn't eating as much of it. Yep. Um, <laughs> so but I mean, and that kind of went on and my weight fluctuated a little bit back and forth over the course of probably the next five or six years. But then in 2013, I quit smoking. I, I had been a two-pack-a-day smoker for over 30 years. Oh, wow. Um, so I, I gave up smoking. And about six months after I gave up smoking, I was driving by a gym one day. And I got to thinking because, I mean, when I was a kid and I was in high school, I used to lift weights because I – I was a wrestler. I competed as a wrestler in high school. And that was one of the prerequisites you had to, you had to do resistance training. So, um, and I always enjoyed lifting weights, but, but as I got older, got out of school and everything, I just never, never followed up with it or, you know, did anything with it. So, but after I had quit smoking and I was driving by that gym, I was like, you know what, I'm going to stop. And I did. And at that point in time, I, what my weight had fluctuated back up a little bit. I was at 314 pounds. Um, and within eight months of starting back in the gym, I was down to 254 pounds. I had lost, um, all of the diabetic medicine. I didn't have to take any more diabetic medicine. They had me on cholesterol medicine. They had me on blood pressure medicine. All those medicines were gone. And I had done it all simply by controlling my diet and, you know, exercise. That uh, I, I love hearing those stories because, um, you know, so many people, they get into situations where they're, you know, overweight, uh, they have bad habits, maybe they're smoking, they're eating too much, and they just feel like they're in 
they're stuck. Like they, they've already, what has happened has happened and they're, and they've already screwed their life up and they cannot change it. Um, but that is, you know, couldn't be farther from the truth. You're, you're living proof for that. Um, so in 2013, you, you know, you, you dropped the habit in 2007, you, you kind of lost that, that major weight, um, by just changing the extreme habits that you did, you know, drinking gallons of Mountain Dew, whatever it was. And then 2013 yeah. came along, drove by the gym. You're like, you know what? Let's st- step it up a notch. Let's get into the gym. Mm-hmm. Only took you eight months to go from 314 to 254. Um, and then you, it sounds like you were off medication at that point, which is a huge step for yeah. sure for absolutely yeah it was like i would i'll never forget the day i was at the doctors and and she was like you know she said you don't need any of this medicine anymore um and i was like well this is a problem i said because i'm a goal-oriented person and this was my goal i wanted to get off of all of the medicine so what do i do now and (laughs) she was like well she's like you're a pretty big guy and you've done well for yourself working out in the gym she said why don't you get into bodybuilding so now mind you at this point in time, I'm like in my mid to late forties and I'm like, um, what business do I have getting into bodybuilding at this age? And she was like, no, you don't understand. She's like, people compete into their fifties, sixties and seventies. Oh, wow. I'm like, I didn't know that. Okay. I can, I can, I can try that. So from that point, I shifted the way I ate. I, I adapted more a bodybuilder style, um, diet. I ate five, six, seven meals a day, depending on what my training regimen was. Um, I had actually, at the time I was working as a, um, as a service technician for a pool company. And I would literally, rather than driving my car to work and getting in my service truck and going around and doing my route, I would, I would get up in the morning. I'd ride the two and a half miles on my bike to the gym. I'd work out for an hour and a half. I'd ride the bike to work, get in my service truck, work all day, get back on the bike. When I came back to the lot go back to the gym, work out for another hour, then go home. And I'd do that all over again, five days a week. And that was what led me to being at my leanest as an adult. Um, I was about 239 pounds and oh, wow. at about 12% body fat. But I and, uh, how, how tall are you, by the way? Oh, I'm 6'2". 6'2", yeah. yeah so figured you're, you're a taller guy, 239. That's not a lot for a, for a 6'2 frame. That uh, sounds like you were pretty no, lean. not at all. Not at all. So, you know, and, and it was at that point in time, I was just getting ready to turn 50. And I, w- I, uh, I knew that in order to go on stage, I needed to start working with a prep coach. So I contacted a prep coach and sent him some pictures and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, I, I thank goodness that he didn't just take my money and let me make a fool out of myself because he was straight up and honest. He's like, look, he's like, from where you were to where you are now is absolutely amazing. And if you want to get on stage just so you can show that particular fact off, that's fine. But if you actually want to, to step on that stage and look like you belong there, then you've got some more work to do. And so I shifted gears yet again. I shifted the way that, that I was eating. I, adapt, I adopted a um, ketogenic lifestyle that I was going through for a number of years because it's the easiest way to lose body fat, plain and simple. Um, and being that I'm getting older in years, the older we get, the more our metabolism slows down. So, you know, when you're a guy like me, you need every helping hand that you can get. So, <laughs> wow. So, I mean, there's so many things that, that kind of jump out to me about your story. First, I mean, the, the first thing that's really obvious is that there were so many periods in your life, um, where you kind of 
you know, you, the writing was on the wall and you, you made the switch. Um, you changed, you, you read what was happening in front of you and you made changes, whatever change was necessary in order to reach the goal that you had in front of you. It started out with the hospital realizing that you needed to lose weight or you're going to die. And then it continued on to the point where you, you were actually going to compete in bodybuilding, which I love, you know, you kept making these changes, you kept improving your life overall. Um, I love hearing that. So, you know, other people are also going through situations like this. And actually, before we do this, I want to go into, <laughs> I was going to, um, before I ask that question, I want to ask a different question. Today, you are, uh, you run a business, a coaching business. So how did you get into that from bodybuilding to kind of finish out your story there? Well, that, that's a funny thing. I, I, and for the record, I still haven't competed in a bodybuilding competition, but I will. I, I may be 60 when I get done. I ran into some issues uh, I had some old injuries to my knees that happened um, back when I was younger, and they came back to haunt me in the spring of last year. Uh, I wound up having to have the meniscus repaired in my left knee, and I had to have a full knee replacement in my right. So I spent the majority of 2019 pretty much being immobile. I, I didn't do much moving at all. My right knee was so bad that if I was on my feet for more than 15 minutes, my knee would swell up to the size of a grapefruit. Ugh. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't go to the gym. I couldn't even do it. I have, you know, I have cardio equipment here at the house. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do anything. So I actually wound up putting on about 45 pounds, but now what I'm doing, because it's just me and who I am and how I do things with my business um, I'm actually taking that and I'm utilizing it in a program that I've launched recently where I've got guys in here that are trying to lose weight and I'm actually doing the program with them. So I'm being 100% transparent and accountable with them. We have a private Facebook group and we share pictures and we do group calls and all this stuff because they need to see that just because I'm their coach doesn't mean that I'm not human and I don't have issues too. So many people work with coaches and they can't identify with them because, I mean, to be quite honest, some of these coaches look like they live in the gym parking lot and they've never <laughs> eaten a Twinkie in their life. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you take somebody that's in their you know, late 30s, early 40s, and they're out of shape, they're going to have a harder time relating to that person than they are somebody like me. So, But T2 Nutrition and Wellness all came about Last year, when I, when I was sitting around, I didn't have anything else to do. I was listening to a podcast episode, and um, a gentleman named Mark Sisson was on there. He was the guy that created Primal Kitchen and the Primal Blueprint. And he was talking to Tom Bilyeu, who is one of the co-founders of Quest Nutrition. And he was saying, you know, he says, he says, will you break it all down? If you find the world's biggest problem, not only will you find the world's biggest opportunity to help people, but you're also going to find the world's biggest business opportunity. And that like struck me right between the eyes. And I picked up my phone and I hit Google, the Google button. I'm like, Google, how many people in the world today have type two diabetes? 280 million people, wow. 70 million of them. Yeah. 70 million of them are undiagnosed. 13 million of them. Now, mind you, these are last year's numbers. I'm sure it's worse with COVID and everybody sitting <laughs> around not being active. But 13 million of them were kids. Oh, wow. So I was like, okay, that's it. So I ran to my computer. I'm like going to godaddy.com and I'm like T2 Nutrition. The domain was available. So I bought it. I built the website and never looked back. 
I love it. I love it. And wow, those numbers are, I didn't know it was uh, 230 million and then 13 million are children. That, uh, that is surprising. Um, so I, I don't know a ton about diabetes. Is it, um, I mean, obviously it sounds like there is a genetic uh, part of diabetes itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can be predisposed to it. However, you can have zero family history of type 2 diabetes. And if you are obese for too long of a period of time, it'll happen. See, the, the way type 2 diabetes in particular works, well, before I do that, let me say this real quick. Type 1 diabetes is your pancreas doesn't make enough insulin. Okay. That is usually hereditary. Okay. So, you know, that's something that most people are born with. It's very rarely, unless they have some kind of virus or something that destroys their pancreas, very few people actually get type 1 diabetes, you know, later on in life. Type 2 diabetes comes about when your body becomes resistant to the insulin. When your body can't process insulin as it should, and it doesn't recognize the fact that it's there, insulin's whole job is to grab glucose out of your bloodstream and put it into your muscles. Okay, That's what it's, that's what it's designed for. So if your body isn't sensitive to insulin, the glucose that's in your bloodstream doesn't go into the muscles. And if you have excess blood sugar, glucose floating around in, the, in your bloodstream, your body has no choice but to transfer it to the liver. The liver takes it, puts it through a process called lipogenesis and turns it to body fat. So when you draw the lines, you know, when you connect the dots in that whole little circle, it's a very vicious cycle. The more body fat you have, the more insulin resistant you are, the more insulin resistant you are, the more body fat you're going to store. This is why obesity, in my, in my view, obesity is a bigger pandemic than Corona ever thought of being. Obesity kills an average of 2.8 million people every year. Oh, wow. Every and, year. And that's just the causations of it. That's from diabetes, heart disease that's brought on by obesity, all these different things. Yeah. Obesity is a bigger killer than Corona, hands down. Awesome. Well, hey, man, I have, I've loved your story so far. Um, I, I think it's super inspiring. Um, I mean, obviously, you've gone through this, this transition, this, this transformation, rather, um, yourself. Like, this is your life. You've lived it. And so you have great wisdom for people who are in that situation, who are 403 pounds, um, and they know they need to make a change. They just, they're not sure how to, you know, what steps to take. Um, so it sounds like, you know, it, it took you time to get there. So kind of what were the things, um, first, what was, you know, you've already kind of gone over the motivation, but what was the, you know, how'd you get yourself to do it? Um, and then what were the actual, you know, day-to-day things that you did, um, to go from 400 to 300 and then 300 to, to 250? Well, um, back in 2007, the, the most prolific thing that happened to me, believe it or not, was not the coma. It was what followed. Um, I met with an endocrinologist, and he actually had a dietitian on staff. And I got a lot of information from the doctor himself. I got a lot of information from all the resources he had. But the hour that I spent with that dietitian opened my eyes to what the real problem was. The real problem for most people is that they don't understand what food does in the body. Mm. And that was, that was the turning point for me. Yes, I did a lot of exercise. Yes, I, I studied all that stuff. I've gotten my certifications and all those things. But at the end of the day, for all those people out there that are struggling right now, they need to be doing the same thing that I did, which is learning and understanding what 
fat does in the body, what protein does in the body, what carbohydrates do in the body, what fiber is all about. You know, your, your micronutrients like sodium, potassium, magnesium, and all these things. When you understand what all this stuff does in the body, it's very easy for you to create a lifestyle that's healthy and sustainable. But when you don't understand, if you're one of those people that just grabs a hold of the next diet plan that rolls out the pike, um, you might have a little success while you're on that plan. But guess what's going to happen when that eight or 10 or 12 weeks is over? You're going to go right back to doing what you're doing because you didn't learn, you didn't learn anything. You were just following somebody saying, eat this at this time, exercise, do this exercise at this time. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that I don't give my clients a meal plan or, or you know, workout plans because I do. But like, I just had guys start this 12-week program. You know how many meals I gave them? I gave them one day's worth of meals. And they were like, why did you do that? What do we eat on the second day? Do we have to eat the same thing every day? I was like, no. What I'm going to do over this 12 weeks is I'm going to teach you how to swap out these different foods to weigh them, understand, you know, how much protein's in a steak versus eight ounce steak, for example, versus how much protein's in an eight ounce pork chop. You're going to know about nutrition after these 12 weeks. And after these 12 weeks, you won't need me anymore. And that's my ultimate goal. I want to teach people how to do this for themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. So it really, I mean, it comes from um, a lot of your change came from the, the knowledge that you acquired from the endocrinologist, from just reading on your own, doing your own research um, and figuring out, you know, how, how food actually affected your body. And it sounds like it was quite, uh, quite an eye opener um, to the point where you lost 403 minus 239, whatever that is, 150 mm-hmm. plus yep. pounds. <laughs> yep. yep. It was over 150 pounds. Now, granted, I'm back up to about right now I'm sitting at about 286. But when I started this program with these guys three weeks ago, I was 297. So, you know, the, the, the whole thing about the, the programs that I'm doing now is I want the average guy, you know, the, the 40 plus year old guy who's got a wife and three kids and he's out there busting his butt, but he doesn't have a clue how to make himself any healthier. That's the guy I want to work with because Number one, he's going to be able to relate to me. And if he can relate to me, I can get through to him. I can get through to his mindset. I can make him, well, make him, I can help him understand the things that he needs to do to create that healthy lifestyle. Awesome. Well, hey, we're going to grab your contact information at the end of this episode. Um, So, you know, if you guys are listening and watching First T2 Nutrition, check that out. But we'll also get all of John's other contact. You can reach out to him personally. Um, With that said, John, we are at the end of the episode. It goes so quick. Uh, Before we do close out, I have super fast questions for you. The quick question round. Um, This begins with habits. Habits, I feel, are the foundation of our life. It kind of creates, uh, it's where we stand on in order to move forward. Um, So what are the habits that you feel have contributed the most to your success um, when it comes to health and nutrition? Um, Weighing or measuring food. You have to understand what you're putting in your body and how much of it. You know, and, and it could be as simple, it can be as simple as, you know, using the hand method, like, you know, um, like a fistful of carbs, um, two hands full of protein, those types of things. Um, but you have to weigh and measure your food. Awesome. Um, next one, I am a huge bookie. So I like books. So I always ask people their favorite books. Give me one book recommendation in the topic that you're talking about, which is health and nutrition, and then one for general life wisdom. Um, I would actually say the, uh, to be quite honest, it's the same book for both. 
Um, Aubrey Marcus's book, Own the Day, Own Your Life, has a wealth of amazing advice about nutrition and health, but it's also about creating a mindset that will make you a winner. It'll make you a winner in whatever it is that you're trying to do. So that's by far my favorite book, and it covers both those topics. Sweet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to check it out. Own, own the day, own your life. Is that it? Yep. That's correct. By Aubrey Marcus. Perfect. I'll check it out. Um, next question is advice that you would give yourself. So if you could go back to the John who was just waking up from that coma back in 2007, um, you know, just having that, that, that first awakening experience, um, what one piece of advice would you give to that, that John going forward? Um, I think if, if I was speaking to myself right as I was waking up from the coma, um, I, I think that I would tell myself to get back into the gym sooner. Um, all the changes I made in nutrition were great. Um, you know, a healthy lifestyle is 80% nutrition. Hands down, there's no doubt about that. But there is that 10% that's in the gym, your activity, your exercise, and the other 10% is recovery. Um, so th- that would be what, what I would say. Get back in the gym sooner. Push yourself a little harder because you've got it in you. All right. Um, last question. This is for the guests. You've given us great, uh, great wisdom when it comes to health and nutrition. A lot of things that we can, uh, we can take away from this episode. So I appreciated the conversation. I'm sure everybody else did too. Um, if somebody wanted to reach out to you and get in contact, what would be the best way for them to do that? Well, my website is t2nutritionandwellness.com. Um, and I'm pretty much either T2 Nutrition or T2 Nutrition and Wellness on all the social media platforms, except Twitter. For some reason, they said my name was too long and they made, they changed my name to Wellness T2. Um, but other than that, and I have a YouTube channel where I have my own podcast, the Jacked Up Podcast, where I interview all types of people in, that are under the umbrella of wellness. Um, and I have a short form video series that I just started releasing where I'm asking my, answering my listeners questions and that's called the flex fuel forum. Perfect. So the, the, to get started, they would go to T2 nutrition and wellness.com. Um, otherwise they can reach out on all the social media platforms and I'll also put John's link in the show notes. So if you want to get in contact with John, click through there and, uh, and say hi. Awesome. Awesome. Well, John, again, thank you for showing up. For everybody else who is on this episode with us today, thank you guys for showing up. We couldn't do this without you. Um, And again, the best way to support the show is just to subscribe, like, and share this episode with your friends and family. We look forward to having you on the next episode, and I hope you guys have a good day. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Pursuing Greatness podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show and got some actionable advice and insights that you can apply to your own life today. If you enjoyed the show and you'd like to support us, the best way to do so would just be to subscribe to the show and share this episode with your friends and your family. If you'd like to learn more about how to master your life by mastering your health, wealth, relationships, and spirit, head on over to our website at pursuinggreatnesspodcast.com. With that said, I hope you have an absolutely amazing day. Keep living in integrity with yourself, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.